0: Hello, hello. Welcome back to the SIG podcast, Recruits Draftcast. I am your host, producer Shane, joined as always by the magnificent Grant McCaig. Uh, We got a good show here in store for you today. But we first want to thank you all for watching the first show and leaving such great positive comments really helps us. Uh, anything, any constructive comments you have for us, please do send. It helps us grow the show. It helps to get better. Whatever you want us to talk about, let us know. And before we get started, I just want to say a big thank you to those who made this possible, a.k.a. the Cavallaro clan, all right? Sammy and Yellow, Juliana and Rosa. Okay, everybody in the comments, I want you to write thank you to the Cavallaros because they're the ones who make this possible. They're the ones who started this whole sick family, right? The sick podcast with Tony Marinaro. Every show is possible because of them, including this one. So big thank you to them. And with that being said, Let's get started. Turn up your volume your Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. The Sick Podcast. Recruits Draftcast. And with the first overall selection in the 2023 NHL draft, the Chicago Blackhawks are very proud to select from the Regina Pats, the Western Hockey League, Connor Bedard. The sickest NHL draft and scouting podcast. It's going to be sick. 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 All right, Grant. We are back for episode two of the SIG podcast, Recruits Draftcast. And unfortunately, we have to start this show with some very unfortunate news. Uh, we have to acknowledge the passing of Rodian Amarov, 22 years old, former first-round pick, for the Toronto Maple Leafs, 15th overall, uh, he battled a brain tumor for two years. And unfortunately, you know, his life was cut short today, um, which is, you know, just a, a tragedy. Uh, it's, it's the only word for it. So, uh, uh, our thoughts are with, you know, the Toronto Maple Leafs organization, the Amarov family, everybody involved, uh, everybody affected, um, you know, we want to extend our, our deepest condolences. Um, With that, uh, Grant, today we are going to start the show still talking about scouting, right? But in a different light, through the eyes of a scout, because you were a scout yourself for the Montreal Canadiens for quite some time. So we want to know your journey. uh, uh, How did did you become a scout, right? Any stories you may have, all of that stuff? I think people are dying to hear that, and so am I. Well, I think
1: it, uh, you know, it, it... I have to look back at uh my parents are from uh a village of about a thousand in, in West Quebec called Shawville, mm. a very English uh community right on the Ontario border. Um that's where they hail from and they moved to Rentfrew, Ontario, which is just across the the Ottawa River, uh and I grew up there, but they moved back to Shawville for their uh, you know, retirement years, you could say. And I followed suit around 2003, bought a bought a little spot out in the country close to Shawville. And I got to know um the late Brian Murray, who, you know, everyone would know from his his days in Ottawa as a GM in Anaheim before that. And I mean he thirty-eight years as a general manager and a coach. And uh two of his nephews, Tim Murray and Todd Hardy, um uh, also live in chavo and uh Brian would be back a lot of course he moved back he he gave up a gm job in in Anaheim to be closer to his parents and his family so similar to me in their uh in their later years uh and took the Ottawa job and then spent a lot of time at his cottage in ladysmith but uh they uh they'd get out to calarnies which is a uh, and Atkinson's two pubs, the only two pubs in Shawville at the time, fairly often, and I had the the good fortune of having some uh, some late night, you could say, uh, chats with those guys, and they really mentored me a lot because uh, I I've always loved the drafts. I mean, since Guy Lafleur got picked first overall by Montreal, that's how so far back I've been following it. And I would just pick their brains all the time. They're, Brian's my second cousin, so they're, you know, they're all related to me. And and uh, Todd and Tim in particular were great to, uh, you know, g- explain to me why this kind of prospect, why a Duncan Milroy wasn't going to make the Montreal Canadiens because he just didn't have the feet, you know. Uh, despite him being great in the playoffs one year and, and putting up a hundred points in the dub, it just same thing with Jason Ward when Canadians picked him in the first round, you know, Timmy said to me, well, I mean, his feet are going to really hurt him, you know, down the road. And I just through all of those chats, late night chats uh, over a few courts, because uh, that's what they served served there were courts all the time. So we'd have a few courts and, uh, and, and, you know, I even remembered a few things and uh, <laughs> um, I, I, I became better versed in what uh, NHL scouts are looking for in a hockey player and um, would go online a lot to HF boards back in the day. I don't know if you ever frequented HF boards before, but before Twitter, that was kind of the main spot to talk about. Uh, the Habs and the draft and stuff. So I, I'd, hmm. I'd be on there quite a bit. And, um, the, um, the publisher of McKean's hockey who had been putting out a yearbook for 15, 20 years would see my, my posts. And, uh, he contacted me at, w- at one point cause he, he thought, geez, this guy seems to, you know, he'd say things about the draft and seem to know what he was talking about. And, uh, A lot of the credit to that goes to Tim and and Todd and and Brian with, you know, giving me some inside info that made me seem a lot smarter than maybe I was as far as the draft goes at the time. So uh, he asked me if I wanted to maybe get involved in scouting for McKean's. And I jumped at the opportunity. I think it was 2007. Um, I had been publishing newspapers up until then for probably 25 years journalism, my journalism background, a graduate. And, uh, uh, so I came up with the idea of of publishing a uh, draft guide for McKean's. So I started McKean's first ever draft guide. We, we actually printed it, printed out copies and mailed them out at the time, you know, before digital, you could do everything digitally. And, um, uh, did that for a couple of years, and also uh, uh, the rookie tournament in two thousand nine um, was in Ottawa. I think it was the Palladium at the at the Palladium at the time, or the next. They've had so many names for the anyways. The arena for the Senators, and uh, I was going in to uh, to watch a game. Had a copy of my uh, draft guide. Uh, with me just in case I ran into somebody, you know, involved in scouting or the NHL and, uh, in the parking lot, I walked past Bob Gainey, Pierre Gauthier and Trevor Timmons. We're having a little powwow out in the parking lot. I kept walking, you know, I said to my friend, oh, there's, you know, they're the big cheeses and, uh, kept walking and I thought, I'm going to go back and talk to those guys, Mm -hmm. you know, one of those moments where you work up a bit of nerve, right? Uh, Trevor was from Ironprior is from Armprior and that's 20 minutes, a small town, 20 minutes from Renfrew. So there was the Valley connection there. And I figured, well, he might talk to me, you know, don't know about Bob or Pierre. So I, I told my friend to go ahead into the arena and I walked back and had them each a copy of my publication and introduced myself and, you know, had a little chat and they were all very nice. Well, I mean, two out of the three Pierre, Pierre's Pierre, you know, he's pretty quiet, <laughs> uh, but miraculously I got his phone number. And I, as I found out later, you know, he doesn't do that very often, but Bob was right mm-hmm. there. So, and I even asked Bob for his number and he, you know, I got two out of three, eight bad. Right. Yeah. That's but, <laughs> um, when I mentioned where I was from, Bob even said, oh, That's where uh, Brian Murray's from He said, Yeah. Just happens to be a cousin of mine and the whole works. Right. But I got Trevor's number and, uh, started to give him a call here and there. And eventually got his email and, you know, I was thrilled to death that I had some connection to the guy making the draft decisions for, for the Canadians and, uh, got to know him. It would give him all my scouting reports, uh, you know, um, he got, to, he came to realize that just how passionate I was about it. And, um, he ended up getting me a part-time position with the Canadians mm-hmm. in 2008. And, uh, um, you know, got to do that for a couple of years, did a lot of video scouting, would go to games in, uh, Hull and Ottawa and, um, uh, you know, I i did some traveling. I go to Quebec City, North Bay, Kingston, uh, even went to Lake Placid for a tournament or two, all on my own dime. Uh, the Canadians weren't paying me any. Uh, I probably spent as much as I earned <laughs> that year just in travel because just because I want to got my foot in the door, right? Yeah, and um. Worked basically full-time hours with very much part-time pay, but uh, I wasn't complaining. I was scouting for the Montreal Canadiens, you know. Uh, my father passed away a few years ago, but he was pretty proud of that when he'd go to the, you know, for a coffee in the morning in Shawville and sit on the bench and talk about his son scouting for the Montreal Canadiens. So, um, you know, it may not have uh, been lucrative, uh financially but uh something I'll always be proud of and um you know it it, obviously it's been on my resume ever since and I put it in my uh my my little tagline wherever you know for Twitter and everything like that that I was a former scout for the Montreal Canadiens so when uh when Bob uh retired and Goche took over he um he loved to cut costs and he, yeah. he, he butchered the scouting staff. He got rid of, uh, three or four scouts and it wasn't a big staff to begin with and never replaced them. Uh, so I was one of the guys, I mean, I was getting paid next to nothing. I don't know why they had to, you know, f- felt that he had to even ax that, but he, I mean, I heard stories like team meals. He would, uh, he cut out cheese and, and all this stuff. He was a vegan or a vegetarian himself. And so I don't know if he, you know, that was a personal choice, or whatever, but, you know, even team meals, he started cutting out different foods and stuff. Like, I don't know why he felt it was his, uh, duty to, to cut the budget so much in different spots, but certainly, um, I thought it, 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 it hurt the team for a few years there that they were uh, they had so little coverage. I, I believe they went even a year or two without a full-time Ontario scout. And I mean, there's not a more uh, important spot, you know, there's more players come out of Ontario than any any other region in the world. You know? Um, So, I mean, it's the way it is, but uh, Trevor did try to get me back on, when Bergevin uh mm. took over and it just never came to fruition. Um Berge kept I don't think uh Trevor got to really add anybody on his own. It was Bergevin that ended up making those decisions. So mm. unfortunately I didn't get back with the Canadians, but um uh during that period after after uh the Canadians didn't renew me, um I uh I went back to McKean's, kept working for them, uh, got to know. I emailed Bob McKenzie one day out of the blue and, you know, gave him my whole spiel and said, I'd love to work with you, uh, TSN. Uh, and he, he went to bat for me and got me to uh, a job writing profiles. Wow. So he'd do the rankings and I wrote the, the draft profiles for a couple of years. So that was pretty cool. Uh, hmm. Bob's a great guy I got to know him yeah. at the time and, uh, you know, uh, I think the lesson that you, that can be learned from this for any aspiring scout is that don't be afraid to reach out, you know, hmm. um, people, uh, w- might, uh, help you out. And, uh, I mean, I did that for Trevor. I did it with Bob and it, and it paid, paid off for me. Um, they hired Craig button after a couple of years, uh, I'd been doing profiles and, and they got Craig doing everything. Like he wears about six hats there at TSN. He's the, you know, he, he does his own list. He writes profiles. He, uh, scouts, he does commentary for NHL games, the whole work. So they told me, well, we're going to have Craig write the profiles from now on and Hey, former nhl gm and head scout it was kind of hard to yeah you know, yeah well yeah okay i think he might have a bigger name than than i do so there you know there's nothing you can do about that but i kept working with mckean's and then finally about 2017 i got tired of not making enough money for all of the the hours i i put in and yeah. uh Said, you know, I'm gonna. I think I have enough of a reputation in the in the industry now that I'll, I'll try it on my own. And that's when Recruits was born, February of 2017, and I've never looked back.
0: Yeah, and now you're here with us, the Sick Podcast, Recruits well, Draftcast. That's yeah. where Recruits come from, by the way. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> do go check out Recruits. Uh, Grant posts some fantastic content there, and and we can pull up actually the the new special pri- prices. Uh, so Grant, why didn't you let the people know about that?
1: Yeah, well, I have to give Vaniello some uh, some credit on that. He said, Grant, why don't you, you know, why don't you do monthly so people don't have to commit to 30, mm-hmm. you know, a whole 30 bucks or whatever just to subscribe. Uh, they can go month by month. And I, I looked into it. Uh, there had been some issues beforehand administration wise did in doing it uh we got that straightened out uh dave Ogier, uh, you know my great admin um uh, looked into it and we decided that yeah we could probably do this so we decided to switch it to uh, monthly so i mean it's less than two bucks u.s a month to uh to check out the canadian's coverage for instance you know for a month and and uh it automatically renews so you don't have to do anything at the end of the month and if if you don't want it you let us know or you cancel and then you don't you know renew but yeah. i mean two bucks a month it's pretty uh pretty reasonable uh to have a look at it um i think what's neat about this upcoming month i talked to rob ramage for an hour and a half today so i'm gonna have an article with him talking about uh, in depth with you know the top 25 prospects on the Habs uh which is pretty cool he had some he had some great stuff to tell me today and uh i also spoke with uh yuri slavkowski senior <laughs> and um same as last year i'm doing a and a Q&A where i emailed some some questions to to yuri yuri junior and, uh, supposed to get him back. He's, he was saying hopefully tonight with the responses for that. So okay. we'll get that up on the site this week. Um, I've also, uh, I was talking with Chantal yeah. uh, Maccabee today and she's getting me, uh, an interview set up with Marty LaPointe as well this week at some point. And, um, I also have the Logan Mayu article that I wrote, uh, that I've kept on the back burner because I agreed to wait. And the, the Canadians asked me to wait until after he's had his chat with Bettman before posting the article. So that's coming up some point in the next month as well. So, I mean, subscribe for two bucks and uh, you get all that stuff. And then on top of everything else I'll be writing about and including the, the rookie tournament coming up, of course, uh, mm-hmm. I'll be covering that uh, as much as possible. And then I'm going to go down to camp, Montreal's training camp, and yep. hopefully run into you and Tony again and, and you know, you do it. a couple podcasts down there and stuff. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's loads of uh, have stuff coming up, but this is, a, you know, the draft cast. So uh, I'd be remiss not to uh, mention that... Uh, there's going to be a ton of videos and, and uh, scouting uh, articles coming up uh, over the next month and, and the rest of the year, right up till draft. Yeah. Uh, I talked to an NHL scout today uh, briefly. Uh, I was a little busy with Ramage, so I didn't get to do a full, but I'm going to be talking with two NHL scouts uh, sometime in the next week and getting their takes and all the guys uh, that were at the Halenka tournament. Mm-hmm. And I'll get all of their, um, um, comments on all the top prospects that were at the, at Helenka. So that'll be up on the website, along with videos that I, I've probably done 15 to 20 videos that I'm going to start, start putting up this, this week. Uh, so I think it's a buck 99 for draft coverage, Canadian, probably about a buck and a half us for a month. For, for all the draft coverage I'll be, uh, supplying. So I think it's pretty cool that, that I, that I have these connections to the NHL, that the scouts and that they put up their comments in addition to, uh, Rocco Zappia and myself and our scouting reports and videos that we do. So lots of, lots of content coming up over the next yeah. month. And uh, I hope, uh, people can come on board and, uh, And join recruits.
0: And all of that is exclusive, right? Like none of that is going on your Twitter. That's only on recruits, correct?
1: Oh, yeah, that's right. Not like last year, I did about 200 uh, videos on YouTube just Mm -hmm. to get some exposure, uh, scouting videos. They're going to be unlisted this year. They'll be only available to, you know, the majority of them will only be available to recruit subscribers. So they'll be on unlisted on on youtube and uh, you want to see the videos the scouting breakdowns well two bucks a month i mean uh we're not asking too much
0: that's it that's it well worth it everybody watching you know what to do um granted i mean there's not much going on in the prospect world as of right now right the season hasn't started yet there's no tournament right the link of over but there was a big news coming from the qmjhl where they officially banned fighting starting next season. Now, this doesn't involve a specific prospect, right? But this involves a group of prospects, right? Because the QMJHL is, you know, a fairly large, substantial producer of future NHL players. So as a scout, right? Well, first of all, let's go on your thoughts, right? What do you think about this ban? Do you think this was warranted? Like, was this a good idea in your opinion?
1: Well, I, I, I saw it coming, you know, you've seen it yeah. uh, over the past 20 years, uh, <laughs> you know, 30 years or whatever, when it, they started wearing full visors and then they, you know, cages and they have visors and um, uh, stricter penalties. I was a little surprised almost that branch, you know, David branch is usually the, the, the ringleader when it comes to this stuff, and you know i I can't see him being far behind you know yep. it'll be coming probably in the next year or two that that the q uh and and the o are both uh you know following that protocol but um mm-hmm. i you know 10 15 years ago i'd have thought it was ridiculous, but honestly uh fighting in junior. Has almost become ridiculous. When I watch mm-hmm. a fight, uh, a lot of the times they're just punching each other in the, in the visor, basically. You know, like yeah. let's let's see who can hurt their the other our knuckles more than the other guy. You know, <laughs> um, it just it, it's become not nearly as exciting a, an event as it used to be a, a fight, and especially at the junior level. And maybe it's it's with getting older, and you know. <laughs> uh these these guys are kids now and you think yep. well if that was my kid would i want him you know dropping the gloves and fighting just a lot of them are staged and uh, mm-hmm. uh just about a lot of the fights that you see now where when somebody gets hit clean and almost That's like it. 50% of the of the fights are are just those where so i'm not going to miss that mm-hmm. that Somebody gets punched in the head because they hit somebody clean um so the game's changed, and my attitude's changed somewhat yep. uh, i not I would have uh argued vers- vociferously or I got that out uh about this uh ten years ago fifteen years ago, but mm-hmm. mellowed uh, the game is keeps changing, evolving, I guess you could say uh the thing that um uh, when i was reading it i think that bothers me more than anything is this uh the aggressor is going to get two games they're saying now i wish i knew a little bit more about what they mean by that like the guy that wins a fight
0: Here, gets an actual game pull it up for a second um so yeah the person declared to be the aggressor during the fight will receive a minimum of two automatic game suspension. You see the second to last paragraph there. Uh, in addition to the game misconduct, an automatic game suspension is imposed starting with the player's second fight of the season. The suspension is in addition to the sanctions described in the preceding paragraphs. Yeah. Let's um, yeah, again, like I, I feel like the rulings, you know, might change in that regard, but as it stands, right, this this is where we are. Um, the, you know, the argument that I've been hearing against this ban, like in favor of letting the players fight, is a potential increase in um, dirty hits, right? If a player knows that, okay, nobody on the other side could hit, could punch me if I run this guy, if I run this goalie, right, nobody's going to attack me or else they get a two-game suspension. That's the argument against that I've been hearing, which sort of makes sense. But at the same time, like you mentioned, most of the fights came after legal hits, right? Clean hits that didn't deserve to turn into a fight. But just because the guy got rocked, then the teammate had, oh, I need to step up for my player, which makes sense, right? But again, does it really? Uh, So I think with time, we'll come to appreciate this ban. And like you mentioned, I think more leagues, well, I mean, there's only two now that allow fighting, right? It's the WHL and the OHL because in the States, right? The, the, the university programs don't fight. Uh, so right. I think, you know, there's two left. I think they're going to ban pretty soon. Now, what this brings, right? Where we tie this into our prospect show is how do you, ev- how do you scout QMJHL players compared now to OHL and WHL players? And I'm going to take right. one player as example, right? Arbor Jack most recently, Terrorized the OHL, right? He, his nickname was the Sheriff. You knew that when this guy was playing, you better not screw up or he'll make you pay, right? In the queue now, there's no room. There's no more. There's not. There's not going to be any players like that. There's nobody. Yeah. Nobody that's going to intimidate the other side because you know that you, there's no. There's not going to be any fighting. And and that kind of player, right? The player like Arbor Jacki does bring a lot of value. Now, if you take that physicality out of the equation. There's some players that might not get the looks that they deserve and, and vice versa. So in your opinion, how will scouts mm. adapt how they evaluate players from the queue?
1: Well, there aren't many uh, tough guys coming out of the queue anymore. Like, you know, the, 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 the days of the big George Laroque and Larac and uh, Brashear <laughs> are, are, you know, Who's the yeah. last really bonafide tough guy to come out of the queue? There aren't, there weren't many coming out anyway, so I don't think it's like you know, oh, mm-hmm. there's five prospects that aren't going to be drafted now that would have been like, no, probably not, you know. Okay, um, but just getting back to um, that aggressor thing, um, like the dirty hits and stuff are. That's changed too, where there are a lot stiffer penalties for doing that yeah. kind of stuff. So you're still gonna get, you're still gonna pay consequences. It just won't be, you know, physically. But you're gonna miss, you know, you take a run at the goalie or this or that. There, you're, you're gonna get suspended, right? Yeah. So it's not, not nearly as bad, as as free, frequent as it used to be either, because they've cracked down a lot more on the dirty hits and the, mm-hmm. the stick stuff. Right. Uh, uh, you know, you hope that that, but when, you know, and it's not a complete ban. I mean, if somebody does something completely egregious, you can still pound the, you still pound the stuffing out of them. You just, you're mm-hmm. going to get a, get yet, a but... game or two suspension. Right. Yeah. So I think that'll still be addressed. Um, by the guy that's the Fort Line guy that's tough, that okay, uh, yeah, I gotta, I'm gonna have to pay with a game suspension or whatever, but I'm gonna send the message that mm-hmm. you can't do that. And you know, they might even, the coach might even tell him, like, hey, you know, I'll take you out for dinner later, but you're gonna have to sit <laughs> one out for the team here, you know? Yeah, um, that's it. But also, the, the, that aggressor thing, I, like that could be a slippery slope. Is that going to mean like if you really pound the guy you get an extra game?
0: Like Yeah, there's it, there's a gr- there's a gray area where you have to decide if there is right. an aggressor, who is the aggressor? How do you determine well, that, right? It's So yeah. you're
1: in a you're in an important playoff game and uh you you send your scrub out there and say <laughs> uh you know, uh drop the gloves with the with the star on the other team, go to him into a fight and That's let it. him win and he'll get a two game suspension because he was the aggressor. Like it, 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 that one there bothers me. I don't get the aggressor in the fight. I really would wish that there was a better explanation for that because yeah. they make it almost make it sound like oh if you win a fight you're going you're going to get you're going to get another more one more game than the other guy. Uh you know or two more games. So I mean there could be some you know, the Alex Seaman fight where he, you know, he fought, like you, a, you know, you could see a few of those, you know, where they're just, yeah. You know, I, I don't want to win this fight. Cause I'll get a two game suspension. Oh, I dropped my gloves. I'm already getting a game, but I better not win because so you'll see the, the salmon style, you know, Jeez. anyway, I just, <laughs> that part bothers me. And I think, I don't know why they put that in there, but I'm yeah. sure we'll find out as time goes along. When there are fights, the few and far between, that that's you it. know, just what exactly they mean by the aggressor in a fight, you know.
0: Yeah, I think with time, you know, like the rule will adapt. They'll they'll have examples to base themselves off of, and there'll they'll be less gray area, which makes it you know a, a better better thing there. But overall, I think this is a, this is. Heading towards the right direction, right? Preventing injuries, preventing head trauma, right? CTE is a very real thing, not just in the NFL. We have cases in the NHL, former NHL players that have passed away from that. So yeah. starting to get CTE at 16, 17 years old, is probably not a good idea. So I like the direction the queue is taking. It's, you know, people are split, right? That's to be expected. It's, it's a significant change. Um, right. And and when you change the recipe of something that's been going on for so long, there's bound to be some resistance. But I think over time we'll get over it. We'll we'll acclimate, and other leagues will follow. I guarantee that. Um, yeah. Moving on to our last tidbit of ro- like prospect rookie sort of news, uh, the NHL Network released their top fifty prospects currently. In the nhl and we won't go through all of them but it's been stirring up right it's been creating some buzz and some opinions on the matter and grant i know you have an opinion on it too um so i'll I'll let you take the floor
1: okay are you gonna put up the list there um i uh um i get a kick out of (laughs) like this is according to whom? Is it a scout that come up? know, yeah. Like, oh, well, like, I you know, I, like Michkov, for instance, goes seventh overall in this last draft. And this is including <laughs> including guys that, you know, Nemec went second last year. Cooley went third. Yeah. You know, uh, gochi went fifth. But Michkov is better. Uh, based on what? Because you think that, you know, I don't know. I just... I find these lists to be comical to a certain degree. They just, uh, uh, especially when they're put up by uh, guys that are, you know, supposed to be following the the draft. Uh, Mm -hmm. Like I don't have time. Uh, I have to scout probably 500 prospects during a year, uh, draft eligible. Uh, once they're drafted that's it for me uh, unless they're a Habs prospect and I got to cover them for for my Canadians coverage Um I'm not spending time looking at looking at kids that were already drafted you're just uh, there's not enough hours in the day I'm uh I'm looking at the draft eligible guys like I had a kid you're, what do you think of Andre Nikolishin uh, you know when I was I mentioned something about Demidov and put up a like I had to, I had to Google the name, you know, <laughs> what do I think of him? I f- don't know what I think of him Cause I don't even know him. you know, yeah. some Russian Carolina picked in the third round that I never scouted in his draft year, let alone after, like, I've never looked, I've never watched one shift of this kid. So I, I don't, I can't tell you, you know, what I think of Andre, like, how could I, Every drafted kid from the last four years. Oh, what do you, you know, how has he looked for you the last? Well, yeah, I don't, you know, there's not 10 of me. I can't, uh, <laughs> I, I, I have to, you know, I have to scout the kids each year in their draft year, and that's what I do once they're drafted, unless they're in the Habs organization, or you know, I make the rare case like right, I had a couple looks at him because there was, you know, the hoopla why didn't we pick right? So I kept an mm-hmm. eye on him last year just to see, you know, did the Canadians make a huge mistake? And the same thing with Michkov this year, because, you know, if you caught the, the podcast uh, the other day with Tony. Oh, Michkov won an MVP in a three by yeah. three, three on three tournament. You know, we made a m- big mistake. Like Tony get likes to stir the pot, you know? So I, uh, uh so I had a look at, uh, I had a look at Michkov um, and and uh, when I was looking at Demidov because they played together on the same line. So I looked at uh, and I put up a video on the website yesterday um, that both have subscribers and draft subscribers can see, by the way, if they a 14 minute video on Demidov. And uh, yeah, anyway. but that's it. So like, it.
0: Yeah. Regarding the, the top 50 list my big thing is like what is it based off of right is it is it the best prospect right now like if you all put them on the ice who's the best player right now or is it who has the best projection like what is this right. based off of at all and it's
1: yeah no and it's all subjective basically what it is especially the guys that you know the scouts that on these sites that it's uh you know who did i have highest on my draft That's list you know Basically, yeah. you know, like um, it, it's basically, you know, with Mietzkoff being for there, they're saying, oh, NHL teams, you're all wrong. You know, we're right. <laughs> well, okay. Okay, fine. You know, but if you do look at, uh, like I happen to, um, I decide, well, Scott Wheeler does a list every, uh, every year. He does this top 50 thing. I don't know when he, why when he finds the time, but he does it. And, of course, it you know, it it drums up interest, but I just can't credibly do it because I just don't believe that I see guys enough after they're drafted to be uh, doing a a list like that. But, I mean, I look back at his uh, 2020 ranking. uh, There it is right there, you know, where... Yikes! Like, he has... uh, Stutzla, seven, right? So he obviously didn't think that he was... Uh, but the top three guys, like Rossi ahead of Stutzla, you know. Uh, Stutzla, Cousins, Zigras, and Caulfield, seven to ten. You could arguably, you could say that, that the top four of each should be reversed, you know? Flipping like, really. Around, yeah. Those four are better than Lafreniere, Bifield, Ro- Rossi, and Perfetti. Like, that should be completely upside down right
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh nick robertson you know, wheeler's a bit of a leaf fan a homer there, <laughs> so you know he had to get a leaf in the top 20 but you know amusing that nick robertson was in his top 20 and jason robertson wasn't even in the Ooh. top 50 right i mean robert what did he have 100 points this year and uh nick yeah. robertson still still trying to crack the nhl you know that's it so uh Jake Sanderson, uh the last four, four guys there: Seth Jarvis, Josh Norris, uh Jack Quinn, and Jake Sanderson. Boy, jeez, they're uh, they're at the bottom of your list. That's quite a quite a crew you got there. But obviously, like it just you know it, you see that in you cider at twenty two and on and on. Um, it, you see that how wrong it is. Mm-hmm. And why do you even bother? <laughs> like, I don't, you know, That's I wouldn't it. do it. I just, because uh, I know that you j- you just can't properly do it. Uh, first of all, you can't see all these kids enough to, after they're drafted to really, you know, it's based more on how you like them in their draft year. And then you yeah. you do a list every year without really doing the research. And I'd, I'd rather not do that. So the the long and short of all all of this is that don't get too upset if you're, you know, your guy isn't on that list or, you know, right. Oh, Meechkov's four and Ryan 17. So that must mean that Meechkov is going to be way better than it. Doesn't mean anything. It's just, it's just something to strike up conversation and to get people riled up. And, uh, I, you know, there was a time when I used to get riled up by these lists, but, uh, you it's know, not worth it. Uh, it
0: doesn't water off a duck's back now. So, I like that expression. I'm I'm, I'm going to steal that from you if you don't mind. I'm going to start saying <laughs> that. Um, but yeah, no, that's it. It's you know, it's it's conversation fodder. Like there's really nothing to it. But uh, if you enjoy, you know, listing those and and watching, you know, paying close attention to those rankings, then by all means, uh, we're not here to stop you. We're just going to say don't put too much value into it. Right. It's, it's really not predicting the future. So. um,
1: Right. And the only, the only thing I agreed with on that list was that, you know, Shane Wright, not in the top 10.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. Okay. Let's get to our weekly segment riser, faller and prospect of the week. Take it away, Grant. Who are those guys? Well,
1: there wasn't a lot of hockey this week, so it's really kind of, and uh, I've had a hectic day, I have to say. Um, I had to, I wanted to get it from uh, NHL scouts who were at Helenka, who who maybe surprised and disappointed them a bit, based on what they'd heard and seen going into the tournament. And uh, my interview with with Rammer ended up being an hour and a half. Uh, My one buddy's building a house. So uh, he was, he was kind of busy and he, he called me at about 10 to three. Right. I I mean, I hung up with him at one minute to three and then had to come, you know, uh, um, get, get on the podcast. So, um, but he, he mentioned a few guys that, so I may not just say a one Particular guy, maybe I'll mention a few that yep. surprised and disappointed these guys.
0: This is your segment; you do what you want. Okay. With it. <laughs> so
1: he, he was expecting a little more from uh, Dickinson, believe it or not, and you're okay. um, a uh, Two guys mm-hmm. that I guess a lot of people maybe had top five going into the into the uh, Halenka, and Dickinson may still be top five, but. He he found that uh, he made a lot of mistakes, a lot of turnovers um, that he wasn't maybe expecting that because he wasn't necessarily seeing that last year playing against twenty year olds in the in the O. Uh, yet he goes to Helenka. Perhaps it's a case of trying to do too much at times and stuff, and you see that. But certainly, um, uh, you know, you, you got to put a preface on it being July in August right. and you know it it's it's the start of the scouting tournament and really um I think you were asking me about this the other day, you know, how much emphasis do do you put on a tournament compared to regular season and, and playoffs and stuff. Uh the Halenka the it, it's it's a starter for the year, you know mm-hmm. you, you 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 take some out of it but the, the uh under 18 tournament at the end of the year is certainly the one that uh is a lot more pertinent because you want to see the improve. have they improved That's since it. the summer. Uh, you know. Um I mean last year at this time, I think I mentioned it last time, Jaeger, Richie, uh Cam Allen were all thought to maybe be top ten guys, and and uh-huh. they you know, Allen dropped to the third round, for instance. So you 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 have to be careful with saying who who disappointed and who surprised because you never really paid too close attention to him last year uh, especially without the puck because you're those guys just like me were were you know you were concentrating on the draft eligible guys and you'd see these guys with the puck and you'd say oh okay well he looks like a good prospect but you haven't really put the microscope on him till you know the the helenka was the first. And so you yeah, okay, Dickinson maybe won't isn't a guaranteed top four guy, top five guy that uh, you know that the Canadians should have uh, waited a year and not picked a defenseman and waited to, to pick Dickinson or Perec or or Juracek, you know, because they're they're better, you know. Well, once uh, once you get looking at these guys as closely as you did uh the guys last year they're maybe they're not better you know maybe they're similar but uh i don't i didn't see any any uh defense prospect that that told me that oh you know let uh, head and shoulders above reinbacker uh at, at the helenka um hemming disappointed those guys a bit, and i think I touched on that last time as well that. Mm-hmm. again high expectations right he did a lot yeah. last year uh even uh sterner um is probably was regarded as the top swedish forward um going in uh he didn't he wasn't uh, especially good uh at the tournament either so disappointed but with an asterisk because it's 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 uh it's August and there's a hell of a lot of hockey, hockey to come. That's um, as, as far as, um, um, now that was the fallers, right? Yeah. yeah. Like the guys that disappointed, um, and, and I mean the usual suspects, the guys that we were impressed by, you know, like, uh, Kat and obviously didn't hurt his stock at all. Uh, you know, um, scout was telling me that he liked them more than he liked Jaeger, uh, last year at the Uh Olenka. and Jaeger had a really good tournament. So he's impressed. Um, I think he's in, you know, in pencil in the top 10 of a lot of, uh, draft lists right now. Um, uh, Lindstrom, obviously I mentioned him last week. He was my riser and, and these guys, uh, this scout felt the same way that he put himself right in the, the discussion. But the one guy that, I, like I said, well, who would be your rise? Like the guy that, and he uh, he mentioned a guy that I don't know how to pronounce. So I'm just saying number 20. <laughs> uh, it's F-R-E-I-J. Um, Swedish defenseman number 20. Um, Frege. Fried, Fried, Fried—I don't know. Fridge? he said Fridge, so we'll go with that. Yeah. Um, Alphonse, which is kind of a cool name, Alphonse Frege. So, um, and I—I uh, I really liked his puck game. Very good feet. He's—he's—he um, might be a first-round guy, and there, he wasn't necessarily thought of that going into the tournament. Um, very good feet, very good with the puck. We'll have to keep working on the defense, but just like Perek, but uh, he uh, he turned some heads at the Helenka, and he'll be somebody that that the guys will be going to see. You know, the crossover scouts that were Mm -hmm. at Helenka they're they're all crossover scouts, so they, they head over, they head overseas at some point for a couple of couple of weeks and he'll be one of the guys that scouts go to uh, see um, specifically when they're in Sweden looking at club teams Um, as far as the um, uh, performer of the week um, yeah I have to go with Demidov Um, he uh, he played four exhibition games against uh, three against KHL teams and one against uh, Russia under 23 team and uh, matched Miechkov in, in points, um, two goals, two assists, uh, touched the puck a lot more than Miechkov. And typically a winger on a line doesn't have more puck touches than, than center. And that's impressive. He, mm-hmm. he drove the play. He had 19 zone entries in four games, which uh, he's the guy bringing the puck in, uh, each had six zone entries playing center in four games. That's one and a half zone entries a game. Uh, typically that's not, that's not a stat that you see from a centerman. He's the guy that, you know, he's in the middle of the ice supposed to be, he's the guy bringing the puck over the line and distributing it because he's not along the boards, right? He's, he's in the center of the ice. Uh, But Demidov was the play driver on that line uh, with two very, you know, older and, and very highly regarded. Gritsuk is also very highly regarded the other Mm -hmm. winger. So for a 17 year old to be playing against men and, you know, third line role, he, he got a point a game, two goals, uh, a hundred puck touches a game playing 14 minutes, which is just for a winger. I mean, if if he was a 19-year-old winger playing junior, uh, 100 puck touches in 20 minutes is good. He's a 17-year-old playing against men on the wing, only 14 minutes, and he had 100 puck touches a game. So he's always around the puck. I like that. You know, uh, very good defensively already. Um, Just impressed the heck out of me the last two weeks when I've been scouting him and, I could see him being the top guy in the draft. He's Whoa. he's number two for me right now, but yeah, it, it wouldn't surprise me if uh, if he's number one on my list at the end of the year. He's certainly going to be in contention.
0: Oh man, this is exciting, right? Th- this is what we're in store for this draft, right? It's it's going to change. The first overall might change quite a bit too. So um, stay tuned. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, SigPod. NHL draft. Don't miss anything. We'll be back next week. See ya. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast recruits draft cast on YouTube, Facebook, Google play and Apple podcast.